Listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for your support of the Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. We're talking about a topic today that has probably affected most of our listeners, maybe even more so in the last year and a half going through the the coronavirus pandemic and and all of the things associated with that. One of those things is grief. When we lose a loved one or or lose one of our our friends or have people in in our congregation who have suffered with grief, how do we manage that? How do we deal with that? And what does that mean in our own lives? So joining us today is Pastor Michael Keith. He's pastor at St. Matthew Lutheran Church and SML Christian Academy in Stony Plain, Alberta, Canada, and he holds a certificate in grief and death studies from the Center for Loss and Life Transition in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thanks for joining us today, Pastor Keith. Well, thanks for having me. Nice to be here. And you also uh, wrote an article for the Canadian Lutheran called The Journey Through Grief. So we're going to talk through some of those things that, that you wrote in that article today. A very helpful article to think through what grief looks like for us in our own lives and what other people around us may be experiencing. So how do we as Christians process grief differently than the world around us may? Well, that's an interesting question. And in some ways, I guess my answer would be, I'm not sure we do process it a whole lot differently than the world around us in the sense that we are affected by it in the same way. The The significant difference is that as Christian, you know, as St. Paul writes, we do not grieve as those who have no hope. And and hope is the light in the darkness. And that that does certainly help us journey through grief as we have this this hope that we we cling to as we go through the valley of the shadow of death whereas you know a person who isn't a christian may not have that that hope and that that light in the darkness and that can present uh, significant issues when you're facing the the death of someone important to you so let's talk about this experience of grief when when losing a a loved one or even someone that you might not be close to do we do we just get over it like do we have just this period of time where we get over it what how do we go through grief yeah i mean the everyone's experience of grief is uh going to be very intensely personal and, and that's very important to recognize but there are some common common things that are generally shared by people and this idea that seems rather prevalent in our culture and society, and quite frankly, even in the church, is this idea that you get over grief. And there's a cultural expectation that six months to a year within our, our North American culture, uh, a person should be over grief and sort of back to normal. And quite frankly, that's just a, a very false understanding of what grief is. It puts a lot of pressure on people and builds false expectations of what the grieving process is all about, for most people anyway. And you don't just get over grief. The way I like to talk about that is uh, you don't get over it, you get through it. And the grieving process is not something like the common cold where you, you catch it for a while and then you, you get better and back to normal. The loss of a, a loved one, the loss of someone important to us, and even as you mentioned, maybe the loss of someone who may not be all that close to us. 
affects us in a way, in many cases, that will never uh, leave us the same, that we won't be the same. Uh, normal is no longer going to be normal. And uh, that doesn't mean that life can't be okay and, and good and enjoyable again. But the idea that after six months to a year, the person should go back to normal and just get over the grief simply isn't the case. The reality is that in most cases, when someone important to us, we will grieve that person's death for the rest of our lives. And that, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's always going to be terrible, but that's, that's the realistic expectation that most people should probably have as they go into the grieving, the journey through grief and the grieving process. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it might be easier to just tell ourselves that, oh, you know, in, in a year I'll be over it and I can move on when that, that, that isn't necessarily going to be the case. Another thing that, that maybe, I don't know, brings, um, that we, that we might try to use to, um, to give ourselves a little solace is, is the idea of closure. What is that place of, of closure in the grief process or is there a place for closure in the grief process? Yeah, I, I guess I would suggest that um, again, not trying to prescribe how a person um, might feel or mourn or, or grieve. But generally speaking, I would suggest that the idea that there would be closure in the sense that at some point you're finished with grieving and you put that behind you and you move on is probably another false expectation of what the reality is. For, for most people, there are going to be moments of grief that will come up around that person's loss for the rest of their lives. Sometimes those moments can be described as, you know, kind of annual reminders. So maybe someone's birthday or even the date of death or Christmas, wedding anniversaries, you know, these kind of dates will, will come up and, and we'll remember that person. And, and we may have these waves of grief that, that come across and, and that's okay. And in fact, that's, that's pretty normal. Um, and goes against this idea of closure that uh, once you achieve, you know, some kind of uh, closure that you won't have those feelings of grief anymore. Or even what I've heard some people say is that they felt that maybe it was quote unquote wrong or abnormal to have feelings of grief one year, two year, five years, 10 years later. And quite frankly, that's not, that's not abnormal at all. And in many ways, I would suggest is to be expected. We, we are always going to miss the people we love who have died. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the pain of death, the separation that we have with our loved ones. Even as we do hold on to the hope that our loved ones are resting with Jesus and that on the last day when there is the great and grand reunion, we will all be together with the Lord. But that doesn't mean that we don't miss them terribly right now. And, and that's part of what the grieving process is. And that's always going to be the case until we do have that uh, great triumphant day with Jesus. I really like the the image that you use of waves. If anyone's ever had the um, not so pleasant experience of playing <laughs> in the ocean, like playing in the ocean can be a great experience, but where you're just floating and playing in the ocean and lose track of where you are and you happen to like float out a little too far and then you're dealing with waves and trying and the current and mm -hmm. trying to get some waves are bigger than others mm -hmm. and and i think that's what you were comparing it to is some waves are going to be really big and maybe even overwhelming and especially when you're you, know, you have a tradition or something that you that you were blessed to get to experience with that loved one who is no longer with you 
And now you're trying to figure out what to do with all these feelings, this grief that you have when you are facing that tradition again, or you're in the midst of that tradition again, and mm -hmm. that loved one isn't there. That might be a big wave, but there might be other moments that are smaller waves. And what do you do with those too? Mm -hmm. and, and I like how you, in your article, made the distinction between grief and mourning. Mm -hmm. What is the difference between grief and mourning? Well, that's one of the distinctions that um, in in 20 years of ministry and, and in, oh, I guess about 16 to 17 years of, of hosting grief support groups and so on, the distinction between grief and mourning, a lot of people have found rather, we don't typically make that distinction in everyday conversation, but the distinction that I think is a helpful thing to make is, is grief are the uh, inward feelings and emotions that you have at the loss of a loved one. So you are going to have emotions and feelings, and it's, it's, it's a good idea to not necessarily even judge those emotions and feelings in many ways, maybe to think that emotions are neither good nor bad. They just, you, it's very difficult really to control what you feel, the emotions that you have, but we have those emotions and feelings. And some of those emotions and feelings around the loss of a loved one are very intense and very strong and very powerful. And so those, so a good way to think of grief is those are the inner emotions and feelings. Mourning is the expression, the public expression of those feelings and emotions. And that's one of the very important things that we need to do as we go through the journey of grief is to be able to express those emotions and feelings. There's sort of a, at kind of a cliche or cheesy way that sometimes people will talk about this. And I kind of like it anyway, even though it is cheesy. And that's that emotions need motion. And so we need to be able to express our emotions. We need to be able to uh, discuss and talk about our emotions and feelings, particularly in, in the area of grief. That doesn't mean that everybody's going to express or um, talk about their emotions in the same way. There is, I wouldn't suggest there's a right or a wrong way in which we express our emotions. But that we express our emotions is very important. And that's what we would refer to as, as mourning. And there are some cultural, societal, even, you know, Christian church traditions that help us to do that. The funeral being one of them, where we publicly express our feelings of grief in, in the mourning of community and individuals gathering together to express those feelings of, of sorrow and sadness and loss. Mm-hmm. Does that, does that expression of grief in mourning, does that get, I don't know if easier is the right way to say it, but, but maybe more comfortable over time? Uh, you know, right after you have the funeral of a loved one, things still feel awkward of, of talking about it and, and going through what, what it means to move forward. But maybe, maybe in, in a, in a few months or a few years, it, it gets, it gets a little bit more comfortable to, to, to express those emotions because that, that grief is going to last uh, for a while. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. I, I think that's actually one of the reasons why the, the church in her wisdom provides us the words to speak when we don't have the words. And so let's take, for example, in the early days after a loss, we will find ourselves often in a church service at a funeral, and we may not know what to feel, or we may not know what to say, but God's word through the, through the liturgy gives us those words to speak. The Psalms, for example, also often express emotions and feelings for us in a sense that uh, we may not have known what to express and they help us to express what we're feeling and how we're feeling. I think that as a person goes through the grieving process, 
we have time to sort of figure out what it is that we feel and how we're feeling through that maybe inner process of introspection or or prayer is a very important part of this too, where we sort of express our emotions and feelings in prayer to God. But I do I do believe that we become more well, hopefully, if we're if we're allowing ourselves to feel the emotions that we have, that as we go through that process, we become more comfortable in ex- being able to express what we're feeling and how we're feeling, and to be able to recognize what we're feeling and how we're feeling, and that no emotions. Sometimes as a pastor, in fact, I would say often, I've had people after the death of a loved one express emotions that they felt were wrong or inappropriate. And a classic one, I guess, would be sometimes it's people will say, I just feel very angry with God. And I know they they look at me as a pastor and they're almost expecting me to tell them, you know, stop that. (laughs) You know, that's not right. Stop being angry at God. But that's not how emotions are. And so rather than telling a person to stop feeling what they're feeling, it's better to come alongside a person and say, well, let's talk about what it, what it's like to feel those emotions and what it's like to have those emotions. And, and because again, that's how we work through our emotions and process our emotions is by allowing ourselves to feel them and to discuss them and to express them. And it's uh, very important that we do that. We're talking about the journey through grief with Pastor Michael Keith of St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Stony Plain, Alberta. We have more to chat about here on The Coffee Hour in just a moment. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Adie Bates. Today we're talking about the journey through grief with Pastor Michael Keith from St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Stony Plain, Alberta. And before we went to break, uh, you, you brought up the funeral and how that can be a, a helpful thing for people who are or are starting through that grieving process. Can you talk a little bit more about the place of of the funeral in the, the grief process and how that can actually be a really helpful thing for people? Yeah, I, I think the funeral is a very important step or part of the process. But again, very often misunderstood. Uh, a lot of people will, will speak of the funeral as, as in some way, as we spoke about earlier, finding closure. Some people view the funeral as the end of the journey of grief. But quite frankly, for most people, I think that would be a somewhat of a, a mistaken understanding of what, the, pros, or what the, under, the point of a funeral is. And in many ways, it's the beginning of the journey of grief. And the funeral is the, uh, a public acknowledgement of this loss. That's where community comes together. Unfortunately, under the, you know, with COVID the last little while, it's been so very difficult on many families being unable to have the full community come together to recognize this loss. But the funeral provides a, a time for the community to gather around those who have lost a loved one to recognize this publicly that yes, we've, we've suffered a loss in our community and this family has suffered this loss. But then we gather together as God's people and we mourn with those who mourn 
and we show support and encourage. And so as we gather for the funeral, we, we receive from God his gifts through his, his, his word that we are comforted through the, the preaching of the gospel where we know that Jesus has risen and defeated death and, and uh, eternal life is, is a, a promise to us. But also we, we see that tangibly that we are not alone in all of this. God has promised to be with us, but also he has given us people to journey with us, with us through the valley of the shadow of death. And that's a very important thing for us to recognize that we are not alone. One of the uh, very real effects of grieving is it can often isolate us. We can become uh, very isolated from those around us and we become, we can feel that sense of isolation, partly because our culture is not overly comfortable with people who are grieving and, and, and with expressions of grief and mourning. And so people who are grieving can often feel as if they are invisible or ignored or alone. And that's something that as a church, we, we, we must do better at, I would suggest. And, and the funeral rather than the end should be seen as this community gathering around these, these people who have lost a loved one. And now we will journey with them together through the valley of the shadow of death, knowing that God has placed us together in this community and that he himself journeys with us. I want to dig more into mourning, the expression of grief. Our culture doesn't always welcome that. It can be very awkward even when, when one expresses their grief, you know, when they, they experience mourning. How does, let's talk about that. How does our culture handle mourning or this display of grief or expression of grief? Well, if I can be blunt, I would say terribly. We, we simply don't, we don't leave room for it. We see it as a weakness. We, we see it as something that should be only behind closed doors. You, you know, if some, you notice one of the first things that will happen if someone is in, in grief and they start crying, if, you know, something, you know, something brings tears to their eyes, what's one of the first reactions we'll see someone when they start crying in mourning, they'll say, oh, I'm sorry. Right? Mm -hmm. They apologize for crying. They apologize for, for publicly expressing their grief because our culture has no room for this. And it's something that we really, I think, could do a lot better in our culture and in the church, that we could allow places, safe places, um, for people to be able to express their grief and their mourning. That, you know, when someone starts crying, we don't all have a panic attack and run away from them, you know, but rather we go, we can sit with them in their grief. We can sit with them in their tears. Another thing that is very common that people will, will express is after a loved one has lost, it's almost as if that person who has died didn't exist. No one will talk about them. No one will raise their, their name. No one will ask about, you know, about things in the past for fear of bringing out expressions of grief in the person who has lost this loved one. And that's one of the things that I do on a very regular basis. In fact, with people who have lost a loved one is I will, you know, in the time afterward, call them up and, and we'll talk about them, you know, say the name of the person. And what I have found time and time again is that people who have lost a loved one have no other avenues to talk about that person that was so near and dear to them. And they, yes, they might cry. <laughs> They might, they might show expressions of grief, but they are so thankful that they can talk about their dad or their grandpa or their wife or their husband or their son or their daughter. And that they, you know, that person is still a part of their lives and, a, and an important part of their lives 
Whereas it, our culture who, that doesn't allow for conversation like that, it's almost as if this person didn't exist. Mm-hmm. That resonates uh, very much with me and, and the grief that I've experienced personally over the last, that, that being able to to talk about that person and, and to mm-hmm. relive moments and to have that connection still is, is a very healing thing too, to be able to have those conversations with people. Absolutely. What is, what is the, the relationship between grief and the grieving process with faith? I think so often we think that, that you know, if, if you're having this grief or you're feeling these emotions of, of anger and, and sadness, that that somehow uh, affects your faith. What is that relationship? Well, I, I suppose another area that I would suggest is a, is a great mis- misconception is that somehow as a Christian, you shouldn't have feelings of grief. That if you had enough faith or if you trusted enough or, you know, don't you know that your loved one is with Jesus, why are you sad? You know, and, and I think that that's, a, that's a, a real terrible burden to put on someone who has lost a loved one because feelings of grief is not a sign of a lack of faith. It's, it's the normal and natural reaction that we have to, to the death of someone we love. We miss that person. We long for that person to be in our lives. You, you know. What I've said is that, you know, we may find great comfort in that, you know, our loved one is resting with Jesus awaiting the last day, but we still will, will weep and mourn that they're not here to carve the turkey at Christmas. And that's perfectly understandable and acceptable. How else would it be? And uh, to have this idea that if you have faith, you won't be sad. If you have faith, you won't mourn and grieve the death of a, of a loved one really doesn't make any sense. What faith does is it helps us to see that there is hope, that there is light in the darkness, that the darkness has not overcome, that even as we journey through this valley of the shadow of death, we know we may not know where we're going, but we trust that our Lord Jesus does, and we follow him. And he has promised to be with us, to uphold us, to sustain us and strengthen us. And so to have faith is, is not necessarily to not have grief. Well, it doesn't mean that at all, but it does mean that in the midst of our grief and in the midst of our sorrow, we know that our Lord Jesus has promised to uphold us and sustain us through it all. Yeah, share with us more about the promises that we have in Christ that that we need to hear when we're grieving and that we can share mm-hmm. with those, the, the comfort that we can bring from those promises of Christ when someone is uh, going through that journey of grief. Well, there are certain Bible verses, you know, that that come up a lot around this, you know, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, Psalm 121, you know, I look to the hills from where does my help come? And there's a reason why <laughs> those, those are verses that we often hear or Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. You know, there's a reason why it's because there is great comfort because for people who are going through grief, it's a very common experience to feel very lost, to feel very uncertain about which way to go about even which way is up or down or sideways or what, you know, to be very, very confused about all these things. And it's a great comfort to know, I may not know the way through this, but I know my Lord Jesus does. In fact, my Lord Jesus has walked the valley of the shadow of death and he came out the other side victorious over sin, death, and the devil. And so that, that word of, of comfort and peace that our Lord Jesus is with us, even though I don't know where I'm going, I don't know which way to go. I can know that my Lord Jesus has promised to be with me in my baptism. He has promised to be with me when I hear his word read and preached, when I read it at home in my devotions. He has promised to be with me 
through his body and blood in the Holy Sacrament, but he has promised to strengthen me through that word and sacrament that as I make this journey through the journey of grief, that uh, he will uphold and sustain me, that he has defeated death and that he has secured for all believers eternal life. And so that's a hope that we can hold on to even with tears. And thanks be to God for that. Pastor Keith, uh, this has been a really, really great conversation with you. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Well, thank you for having me. And we'll put the link to the article, The Journey Through Grief in the Canadian Lutheran, into the show notes. So you can read that article as you listen to Pastor Keith. So check that out in the show notes. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.